John chapter 21, we, we finished last week chapter uh, 20, which was like the first closing um, of the gospel, and then John goes on for a whole other chapter. But, but it, it's a powerful thing that he says there. If you look back to chapter 20, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in verse 30 in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That kind of sums it all up, this whole, you know, the purpose that John wrote this gospel, that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, that, that he is the Son of God. And, and this comes up over and over again, the, the things that just prove who he is. Uh, we saw back in chapter 2, uh, when Jesus performed his first sign there in Cana, it said he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. He revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. And you know what? As I said last week, he's still doing it today. He is still doing it today. Just those beautiful plants out there, God is revealing His glory, how He provided for all that to happen, and, and He's putting things together. But he do, He's doing it in our lives as well, in our personal lives. And, and the, the wonders, you know, that I talked about, the, you know, counting the blessings that we have each and every day. God is doing something special. And we, and we uh, can thank Him for that. And, and, but through that, we put our trust in Him. That he's going to continue to watch out for us. He's going to continue to take care of, of us. So, uh, is there any fishermen here today? One, two, three. Uh, well, the problem with that is, is that the title of my message is Gone Fishing. <laughs> And this is really kind of what we see here in this chapter, the beginning of chapter 21. I'm glad he added another chapter because there's a lot of really, really awesome stuff in chapter 21. This first part about fishing, and then they have breakfast on the beach. And then, and then you know, Jesus speaks directly to Simon Peter and kind of restores him and gives him vision for his life. And, and, and so many good things there. But, but this first part, we're going to look at the first uh, six verses in chapter 21 today. And, and you know, most of us, you know, uh, say, are you a fisherman? Most of us, will, it's more of a recreational kind of thing, right? It's, I go out to have some fun. And, and uh, that, you know, but then there are professional fishermen, right? That go out, that's their job. That's what they do. At least three of these that are out in the boat in this account are these professional fishermen, and maybe even more that actually had, you know, were doing it for a living, which kind of affects the way, it, the way it plays out, right? It kind of affects the way they react to the whole thing, too. Now, you've all heard about fishing stories, right? And this, this probably applies to uh, recreational and also professional, right? The, the stories, you know, that, that we have, you know, it's always, you know, you should see the one that I got or the one that what? You see, you all know it, you know, it's, it's, it's the one that got away, you know. And, and I, I have to confess, I'm not much of a fisherman. I don't have the kind of patience for it to, to, to just sit there. It should be a peaceful thing. Uh, but, you know, I go out fishing in different ways. You know, I, you, you all know I, I'm into this uh, 
for a hobby uh, of going to yard sales, you know, and it, it's, it's always the thing that got away. I can still remember things that, you know, I was looking at it and I looked away and then someone else picked it up. Even just yesterday, somebody picked it. There was these tools, right? And I, and I love tools. And, and uh, I go, oh, maybe I should buy those. Maybe not. And I went and looked at something else. I came out, and there was this guy, and he had them in his hands. And I go, oh. And then I have to con convince myself, well, you didn't really need those anyways. And it was too much money. And you could just rent those for free over at AutoZone. So I'm going through all this. <laughs> but this is what happens, right? This is, we're people, and we deal with these kinds of things, you know? But then I could tell you all the stories of this thing I bought for like $2 and sold for like hundreds of dollars. I have stories like that. Would you like to hear a few? Not today, sorry. But I think what we're going to see here is that, that God gets involved in the, in, in the lives of these people these people who are out in this boat. And I think he gets involved in our lives as well. And, and, and in the end, I think Jesus does something that is miraculous. It's another miracle, I think. After John had kind of said, you know, all the ones that had previously been written, he, he's still doing miracles as well. So let's pick it up in chapter 21, verse 1. It said, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Tiberias is, is another name for the Sea of Galilee. And, and there's a city uh, around on the, on, on the part of, uh, on the side of the Sea of Galilee, Tiberias. And, you know, there was a few different names for the Sea of Galilee. But they were there, the Sea of Galilee now. And Jesus had told them earlier in, in Matthew to meet them in Galilee. So they were, you know, because previously, right, they were where? In Jerusalem. And, and so Jesus said, you know, I want you to meet me up there. And at, at one point in Matthew 28, uh, he actually says to meet him on a mountain. So they made their way to Galilee, but they didn't go to the mountain. Just keep that in mind. Just think about that. It happened this way, it says here in verse, uh, moving into verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Now, it's kind of cool. I like the fact they're together. Seven of them, hey, let's, let's, let's hang out together. Let's stick together. Notice that Thomas is there this time, right? Yeah. We talked about the fact earlier, chapter 20, Thomas, he was out doing his own thing, whatever was going on, but he's there now. Right, Tommy? Tomas. He's hanging out with these guys, and, 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 he's, and he's together with them. And I think that is so cool. It's, it's just awesome that they're there together. One other guy we noticed there, his name is Nathaniel. Uh, earlier, way earlier in John chapter 1, uh, Nathaniel, he says to Jesus, and, and Jesus, you know, sees him for the very first time and tells him some things about himself. And, 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 and Nathaniel says this, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. So he, early, early on, he knew that Jesus was the son of God. He just knew. 
that he was the king of Israel. So you have these guys there together. They've all, all just different personalities. Two of them, we don't even know what their names are, just as two other disciples. And, and perhaps you and I can put our names in there. But they were together. Where did they go? Did they go to the mountain? Verse 3, it says, I'm going out to fish. The King James says, I'm going a fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Where did they go? They went to the beach. And I love the beach, and I would probably go to the beach before I would go to the mountain, but Jesus wanted them, I believe, to go to the mountain. But they went to the beach, and Peter said, I'm going to go out to fish. And being a leader, as Peter was, what happened? Well, we'll go too. Yeah, sure, why not? Let's go. So what is really going on here? This is a question we want to ask. What's going on here? There's really two, two thoughts, two, two ideas, schools of thought, whatever, about what's happening here. Number one is this, that they were kind of uncertain what to do next. They didn't know what to do next. And, and they didn't want to just be idle. They didn't want to just not do anything. So they said, well, we need to eat. So let's, you know, while we're waiting for Jesus to show up, we'll just go out and we'll just, you know, you know, redeem the time. And, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. You know, we're, we're, we're called not to be lazy idlers, right? So that's not a bad idea. And, and, and so that's kind of one school of thought as, as, as people looking at this passage. The second one is this. And John Corson puts it this way. He says, going back to the old ways, the old gang and leaving the call. Interesting, isn't it? You see, earlier, and we can find this in the other Gospels, earlier, for example, in Mark, Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And when he had, and it says, at once, they left their nets and followed him. They said, they, okay, I'm, I'm following you, no matter what. I'm going to follow you. And then it talks about James and John, the sons of Zebedee, same thing. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired man, they make sure that the father was taken care of, and they followed him. This is way earlier now, right? Now, now we're at the end of the Gospel of John. Jesus has already been crucified. He had been in the grave. He had risen from the dead, and now you know, all this is going on. And now they're, they're back on the water. They're back on the, on the Sea of Galilee. Luke chapter 9, I'll just throw this verse in there. Jesus said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. There's something about going forward and, and not looking back. Now, again, there are different opinions, as I said, about this passage, but, but it seems to me that it's kind of looking this direction that they said, you know what, let's just, we're back home now. They, you know, they're back where they had, where they had uh, come from. They, this is the area they knew. This is the, the place they knew, the the. the the job they knew. It says, so they went out and they got in the boat. But that night, 
they caught nothing. Again, these are not just, you know, like you and me. These are professional fishermen, at least half of them. They caught nothing, not even one, not any, none. You know, so, so you have to ask the question. They, they know the area. They know the business. Were they in the right place? Were they using the right bait? It's all about the bait, right? When I go at yard sale and the bait is the cash in my hand, you know, I'll say, would you take, and if you have the cash in your hand, you know, I'd say 99% or 90% at least, they'll say, okay, and they'll take that money from you. The bait's important. Maybe it wasn't the right time, though. Maybe it wasn't the right time of day or whatever. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, though, they were on their own. They were doing their own thing. Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing, nothing at all, you see. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, Peter acted without orders in returning to his fishing. So you can see where Warren Wiersbe falls in this, these two choices. He said he had forsaken all to follow Christ, and now he was turning back to the old life. Everything about this scene speaks of defeat. And Peter led the other six astray when he made his hasty decision. He said, it is better to wait on the Lord for direction than let him and let him bless than to involve ourselves in useless activities. Much better to wait on the Lord and ask. You see, you and I, we can strive and we can launch out on our own. We can, we can go our own way. We can strive to make something happen. Then we find ourselves in a situation, how did I get in this pickle? I think the big question that, that in my mind in, in this situation is, did we ever pray about it? Did we ever talk to the Lord about it? Did they stop and pray, Lord, uh, you know, is it okay if we go do this? Or do they just say, well, this is what we know, this is what we think, so let's just go do it. I don't know about you, but, but the Lord wants us to, to, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then he says something, acknowledge him in all your ways, and what? He will direct your paths. This acknowledgement, this you know, bringing him into the situation, knowing him, the, the word means to know him in all of our ways. So, is that what's going on here? We need to, we need to think about our own lives. You know, we, so often we're just launching out on our own, doing our own thing. We haven't, we haven't even talked to the Lord about it. If we belong to Him, if we call Him Lord, what does that word mean? What does that title mean? It means that he's in charge, right? He's over us. And, and, and if, he, if we call him our Lord and Savior, you know, we should be talking to him about the things, the decisions in our lives, what we go and do. Now, you say, well, you're kind of getting ridiculous now. You know, uh, you know everything? Like, should I have Cheerios today or frosted mini-wheat? 
you know, he gives us a lot of, he gives us a lot of leeway, I believe. Okay, I, I, I understand that. You know, he, and he, he allows us to, to make decisions. But another scripture says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. So even as we delight ourselves in him, he actually gives us the right kinds of desires. And then he gives us what we desire. That's a, that's a cool scripture. You can read, read that one too. But this thing about bringing him into our lives, especially, you know, in direction and, and like, what are we going to do? And, 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 and how are we going to make it? You see, you can say that, that, well, they're just out there doing that because they, they, were, they didn't have any money. And, and how were they going to survive? How, what were they going to eat? Jesus wasn't physically there with them right now. So we, you know, we got to do something. We got to go out and make it happen. They went out and they caught how much? Look at verse 4. Early in the morning, they were out all night. All night. And a lot of fishing takes place at night. Is that true? Yes. It takes place at night. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that, that it was Jesus. They didn't recognize him. Uh, I'm not sure why. It doesn't really tell us why. Maybe they were, you know, uh, they just had lost their focus. They, they, didn't, they, they were too far out. They couldn't recognize, see that he was. But, but early in the morning, Jesus is there. And they'd had this, you know, pretty rough night and, and, and completely fruitless but Jesus is there. I, I love that scripture. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I love that. Because sometimes we go through these things and, we, and, and maybe we're there because of our own, you know, because we're doing our own thing and, and we find ourselves in the situation. But Jesus shows up and he's right there. He's right there. I love that. Verse 5, he called out to them. Friends, haven't you any fish? Friends, haven't you any fish? Some, some translate that word as lads. It's kind of like boys. Notice he doesn't rebuke them. He's not, you know, coming down on them. You idiots. What are you doing out there? Did I tell you to go there? Some, some, some of us think that that's the way God deals with us, but that's not the way God deals with us. He, he says, lads. And he asks them a question, right? He says, have you caught anything? Now, now just asking that question kind of brings them what? He, he, did Jesus know the answer? Of course, he, he already knew the answer, what the answer was. So why did he ask them that question? So they could come face to face with where they were and what was happening. Jesus asks us questions, too, in his word. He speaks to us by his spirit. He speaks to us through friends. Uh, what exactly are you doing again? Someone, maybe, maybe we ask each other that, like, what are you doing there? For us to, like, think about it, well, what, uh, hmm. What's their answer? Did you catch anything? One word, No. I think it was embarrassing, to be honest with you. 
you know, he's a great fisherman, you know, and then the, some, you know, some guy on the shore, they didn't really know who it was yet. Did you catch anything? I, sometimes they do, they're walking along the beach, they see these fishermen, you know, and I'll stop and say, uh, how's the, you know, how's it going? How's the, how's the fishing? And, and, you know, they either just won't answer me <laughs> or they'll point to the bucket or something, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's going really good. And, and I find uh, some of them, they just want to stop and talk. They want me to stop and talk to them, just like, I don't know if they're lonely or something, I don't know. But Jesus asks them the question, shouts out to them, and they say no. In verse 6, look what happens here. Verse 6, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Now, these are professional fishermen, at least some of them were, and you have this person they don't recognize, so it's a stranger, really, on the shore, giving them fishing instructions. What would you say? What would you do? Yeah. You know, don't you, don't, I look like a fisherman to you? Duh. You're telling me what to do now, huh? David Guzik said this, though, we should never be afraid to change our method as long as it's at the direction of Jesus. Sometimes we need to be willing to, to say, well, hmm. And even if it's someone we don't recognize, a stranger said, you know, hey, uh, that's probably, how about trying this? Some of us, we're so locked into ourselves and, 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 you know, I know what this is like. You know, we don't, you know, we need to, to listen, especially if it's Jesus giving us the direction. And, and so he tells them to throw your net on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. You see, if Jesus is given the, the, the word, right, it's always right. No matter what it is, it's always right. It may seem like, well, that doesn't even make sense to me. It, it may seem like, you know, I already tried that. Someone called that out earlier. But if Jesus says it, we, we need to take it to heart and we need to listen and we need to obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Obey. Do what he says. Try it. Don't be afraid to try what Jesus asks us to do. It says when he and it says when they did, when they did what he told them to do. It says they were, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. That's incredible, isn't it? Is that? I think that's a miracle that that took place here. When they did, they were unable to, to haul in the, the, the net because of the large number of fish. They couldn't even bring them all in. This is a fisherman's dream, isn't it? That, that you caught the biggest one so you can get your picture up on, you know, the side of the building there. You know, you've got, you've got a big giant fish there. This is a dream to have all this. You know, earlier, earlier in Luke chapter 5, Something very similar to this happened. And this is much earlier in the lives of these disciples, right? And, and, and you know, they were out fishing, doing their own thing. But, but Jesus said them to launch out into to deep water. They hadn't been fishing yet, but, but um, <clears throat> that day anyways. But Jesus had been teaching them from the boat. 
But obviously, because of what Jesus says, the, the previous night they had been out fishing. He says, launch out into the deep water and let down the nets. And this is what Peter says. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. You know, we can, we can have all these excuses, all these things, but, never, but, but nevertheless, because you say it, Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to be, you know, faithful, have enough faith in you to believe that your word is right and it's always right. And, and what happened in that situation, it says they caught such a large number that the net began to break. They had to call other boats to help them. The boats got so full, the boats began to sink. Because they were willing to listen to Jesus. In that instance, in that occasion, it says, after that happened, Peter, it says he fell at Jesus' knees and he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He realized the glory of God. He realized that, you know, that Jesus was the one that, that could do incredible, incredible things. Jesus said to them then, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so they left everything and followed him. That's an earlier occasion, obviously, right? Now we're kind of at, at the end of the Gospel of John. We're seeing that this has happened. So, so we've got this incredible fishing story, right? It's an incredible story, I, I believe, anyways. It's an incredible fishing story, but, but there are lessons in God's word for all of us. And I think uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a few lessons here, and then we're going to end with a scripture and a song. But Pastor Chuck said this, with all Peter's experience, knowledge, and skill, he caught nothing. And now Jesus is giving direction. And what a difference it makes. Obviously, a radical difference, right, from zero to We'll see later. It's 153. We're going to look at that next week. From zero to 153, that's a, that's a big difference, isn't it? Which side do you want to fish on? David Guzik said it shows a difference between doing work without divine guidance and with divine guidance. Another, I, I, I kind of like this one. His name is Larry Richards. He says this, Jesus is telling them, don't worry. I can and I, and I will continue to meet your need. And the disciples would never go back to ordinary life again. They never went back to like be, being just fishermen again. They, they were sold out. It was like, okay, like God is going to provide. God is going to take care of you. And God is going to take care of, uh, of each one of us as well. If we, we just need to trust him. We need to oh, obey his word and do what he asks us to do. Going back, going back to the old ways, go, trying to go back to the old path, the old gang, the old job, the old whatever it is. It's not going to meet the need. He will meet the need. One more Bible knowledge commentary. This is their lesson. They say their lack of success without Jesus' aid and their great catch with his help gave them direction for their new lives. See, as we trust the Lord and we obey his word and we just do what, what he asks us to do and we see him take you know, care of us, it, 
it, it helps. It gives us direction for the future that we know that he is always faithful. You know, I, I've been a believer a long time, coming up uh, to 45 years. And, and you know what? Sometimes I worry about, you know, what about when I get old? Oh, yeah, you're already old. What about when I get older? And, 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 and you know, how am I going to, you know, and I can't, like, do what I'm doing? And, 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 and you know, how am I going to survive? How, you know, how are we going to make it? And it always gets back to the fact that Jesus has always been faithful. And he will continue to be faithful. You see, he doesn't say, well, oh, you're 70 now, um, you're on your own. Or, you know, 65, whatever the age that you think is the, the cutoff. You know, he's been faithful to us. He's been faithful to, to us and, and me and my family and, and this church for, for so many years. He, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is he going to change and stop taking care of us? No, no. And no. But this is the scripture I want to finish with, and we're going to sing a song that, that ties in with this. It's, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, it's not by my might, not by my power, not by my strength, not my, by me making it happen, striving to, to force it to happen. It's by the spirit of God doing it, you see. And that's where we, we need to acknowledge that. And when we do, we say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that I was able to get, uh, you know, a good night's sleep last night. Lord, thank you that you provided just what I needed when my other car broke down and you provided a car for me. Lord, thank you that I have, you know, what I need to buy uh, the groceries that I need today. Lord, thank you, you see. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And, and the Lord is the one that we need to honor and look to, to take care of us. So I don't know about you. There's a great fishing story, but, but I, I want to I be on the right side of the boat. I, I want I it to, to, to follow what Jesus is saying. And, and, and even in the, the simple, the practical things of life and the little things and the big things, you know, you know, how, many, how, you know, when we're doing something like a new parking lot, we pray and pray and pray and Lord, what, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? I, you know, prayed more, uh, you know, about that parking lot in the last, you know, say four weeks than I probably ever have. Because we want Jesus to show us the way, you see. That's what we want. That's what I want in our lives. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we we thank you that you love us. Really all gets back to that love that you love us and you will take care of us, but you want us to follow you. You want us to listen for your voice and, and obey. Obey your word. Abide in your word, to follow your word.
where we, we, we really want to be true disciples, true followers, not just uh, say, well, I'm a Christian and that's all, that's all it is. We want it to be true and real and, and follow you, Lord. And, and I think the lessons that, that you showed these disciples, even then, that, that to listen for your voice is what, what we need to do, what I need to do every day. That you're there. You showed up. You were there. And you're in our lives as well. Father, maybe, uh, maybe we're facing giant decisions. Maybe we're facing small decisions, but we just don't know what to do. And, and, and I, I, I'm reminded of that verse that's so important to me in 2 Chronicles 20, where uh, King Jehoshaphat says, We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, speaking to the Lord. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So we put our eyes on you, Lord, to, sh to show us the way and, and help us to be, to be patient and, and not just jump ahead, but wait for your direction. Not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And Jesus, I, I want to pray too, as always, uh, maybe there's some in this room or some that listen to this message that, that don't know you as Lord, as Savior. They've never allowed you into their lives. Maybe today they, they, they want to. They realize they're just on their own. And that's not working out too good. If that's you, you can pray right now and, and surrender your life to Jesus Christ today. Simply pray with me now and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm tired of running my own life, and I want you as king. Please enter, enter my heart. Come into my heart. And be my king, my Lord, and my savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's stand and sing together, shall we?